Ahí va Bota. Pelota para Eric Gutiérrez. Cae solo. El gol. Bota, gol. Pachuca must be regretting selling Botta right now. I know he didn't hit the heights that he was perhaps expected to, but he was a player that could always come up with the extraordinary and produce something out of nothing. Pachuca could really do with one of those players right now. Incredibly, they haven't scored in six consecutively Gameki's games. I, I said. I start the show with this because I can't believe it. I still can't believe it. This is a team that have been famed for being so exciting to watch in recent years. So many goal-filled games and you know, consistently they've been one of the best attacks in the league. You look at the go- all the goals that Chucky scored, Frank O'Hara, the impact of Oreta Vizcaya, and even in the past... Um, players like Nahuel Pan scored lots of goals as well. It's crazy to think that they've gone six games without scoring. But they have. Anyway, let's crack on with this week's show. And the big topic this week is going to be about the structure of promotion and relegation within Mexican football. The reason for doing this is because I got a bunch of questions on it this week and I thought that it was definitely something that's significant enough for me to discuss fully um, so I'm gonna I've got yeah three questions on this uh, and which I'm gonna answer individually but to start with I just want to make a point about where Mexican football needs to go from where it is now where I think it, it, it could do with going because I think that, and the evidence is clear, there's a, there's a lot of evidence to back it up for me. You know, whether it's looking at attendance figures, whether it's looking at the number of players joining the club from European teams, whether it's the successive teams in the CONCACAF Champions League. I think there's quite a few factors that point to saying that Liga Mekis is a growing league. It's certainly getting more attention as well. TV figures are very, very strong in the US. And obviously there's now some English coverage in the US as well. Not much in terms of TV, but there's some. Although that Univision project seems to have just become showing Santos home games in English. Uh, But yeah, at least they're they're doing something. They're, They're making some sort of progress there. So I think we can agree that it's a growing league, but what's still very weak about Mexican football is the depth. So compare, you know, Mexico is a huge country, a huge country, and you've got one big league which does very well in many aspects, but behind that there's very little. Compare that to some of the most successful European leagues, and you can see that there's certainly room for growth in terms of the development of lower leagues in Mexican football. The Ascenso, you know, it barely gets recognition. It, it doesn't get much recognition at all. Very little in terms of English language content. There's very, very little about it. 
I barely talk about it. I barely get asked about it. To be honest, I, I've watched about three Ascenso games in my life. I, I've barely pay atten- I barely pay attention to it. I look at, oh, okay, who's who might be coming up in the playoffs? And perhaps I shouldn't. Perhaps I should pay more attention. But right now, there's not much interest in it. And yeah, that, that's I'm not the only one who's, who's not paying much attention to it. Below that, I mean, the structure is very confusing with like two divisions within one below that. And it's all pretty small. It's, it's very small. Certainly not on the level of, if you look at how significant the lower leagues in England and Germany are, and even the second divisions in Spain and and France and Italy, they're much, much larger. And people do watch them. There are more games televised and, and people care about it a bit more. So I think that the as well as I mean there's so many things they need to sort out of course but one of the things on the agenda for growing domestic Mexican football I would say would be increasing the strength of lower divisions and the importance and um, the reputation and I think this would be a boost for development of young players because going to lower leagues can often be a fantastic way of, of developing and getting getting some football okay the questions I've got first of all comes from at H Football who asks thoughts on the relegation setup. Would you support two or more teams for Pro Rail instead of one? Yes, absolutely. I think that the best and easiest way of uh, Mexican football to develop the lower leagues is to increase the amount of promotion and relegation because. If there's only one team that can come up, and to come up you have to win a Liguilla and then a final playoff, it's extremely difficult. It's so, so difficult to get promoted. And then with the relegation system that we have with the Cosiente over three years, it's very easy to go back down again. So the incentive for teams to uh, invest, the incentive for fans to care, there isn't that much there. If they had more promotion relegation spots, I think there would be much more incentive. Just look at look at the championship in England as an example. The championship in England has become a big league because the prize of getting promoted to the Premier League is so big. So it's such a huge prize, and three teams can go up each year. Three, you know, it's a twenty-four team league, so three out of twenty-four isn't that much. But there's a chance there that it can still happen. And unless you are one of the very small teams in the league, then it's a sort of league where anyone can go up, particularly as they have a playoff system as well. And that, I think, makes it a really exciting league to watch. I'm not saying I'm a massive fan and I watch it all the time. I, I don't particularly... like I pay attention to it. I don't watch many matches. But like, the attendance figures are really strong for the championship. There are televised games that get a decent amount of views. And there's some big clubs down there as well. So I think that having more spots would be really, really beneficial for um, yeah, for the growth of, of lower divisions. I think because of Liga Mekis being an 18-team league, 
Uh, I like the Bundesliga structure. I think three spots out of 18 automatic relegation spots would be too many. I think two is a decent amount, at least for an interim period. But eventually, I think they should be looking at two and a half, which is what they have in Germany. Bottom two going down automatically, and then the third team going into a playoff, which would be great, I think. Um, and you could keep that with a Ligia system, you know, winners of the Apertura and winners of the Clausura could you could say go up, potentially. That's that's one idea. Or with the Ascenso, you could perhaps um, go for just a Ligia at, at the end of the season and do a kind of Super Ligia at the end of the campaign rather than, than one midway through the season as well. So there's a lot of potential there, I think, and certainly increasing the amount of relegation spots doesn't need to mean that um, you would lose playoffs and lose the excitement. I think the the three-year system as well, I, I don't like. I, I, I think, above all else, the problem with that, and it really hit me this year, well, it really hit me this weekend, yesterday, when Morelia went to bottom of the table. If this Morelia team get relegated, they'll have got, that team will have got relegated, but that team wouldn't have got Morelia relegated, if you understand what I mean. The reason they're getting relegated is because of what they did two seasons ago. So it's ridiculous to relegate this set of players and this squad because they're having a decent season. They're not a great team, but they're certainly not the worst team in the league. Look at their points tally. They're not bottom of the table. If you added together both halves of the season, they are not bottom of the table. They don't deserve... This set of players doesn't deserve to be relegated. Two years ago, they definitely deserved to be relegated. That team got away with it. They were absolutely dreadful. They deserve to go down. This team does not deserve to go down. But they might do because of the three-year system. That's got to go, in my opinion. Okay, next question on this is from at Uvas Deportes, who asked, tying in uh, with these other questions, should Liga Mekis become a closed circuit or possibly only promotion relegation between the first and second divisions? I don't think so. Uh, tying in with what I said in the last question, I don't think it. I, I think that having promotion relegation is a form of incentive to encourage fans to care about games, to encourage teams to invest in in players, to to encourage uh, in, in players and in coaching staff and and in a youth setup and encourage them to try and do well because if they do well, they're going to benefit from it. If there's no reward to doing well, what's the point? Like, why would you invest money if you if you own a club? If you're a business person, you own a club and you invest money to try and improve the team, and then you get no benefit from it. What's the point? There's absolutely no point in doing it. You wouldn't do it. So they there needs to be this incentive. The incentive is well, actually, if we have a really good season, we can get promoted. If we go to the next league up, we're going to have some of our games going to be on TV, and we're going to have. Um, more media coverage and sponsors are going to start paying us more and more fans are going to come to the game and we're going to make more money and we're going to grow. That's what we need. We that There needs to be that incentive and that's why I think that it definitely shouldn't be a closed circuit. I, I, I just don't understand. I mean, I know it works in American sports because it's been there forever, but it, the fact that you have... The, I mean, the amount of meaningless games that you have in... American sports is because there is no relegation and promotion I think is just completely wrong um, 
and, and not exciting for fans. I mean, I went to a baseball game last year where between the Pittsburgh Pirates and the uh, the Brewers, and <laughs> it was like two teams who were one of some two of the worst teams in the league in in um, the MLB, and two of the worst teams for a long time. They didn't have a chance of making the playoffs. Neither of them did. Um, baseball on its own I find very dull and I was sitting there watching this game thinking well nothing's happened I'm waiting for something to happen and even if something does happen well it doesn't even mean anything nothing's going to change these two teams aren't, aren't going to go anywhere they're not going to get relegated even though they're, considering their records over the years I, uh, you know, I was told about they probably should have been relegated by now or should have at least been in some relegation battles but they they don't have to bother, and so like the pirates I heard, they just they just sit there counting their money. They the moment they get any good players, they ship them off. They keep their budget as low as possible, and they're fortunate that people still go to games. But oh, I just don't understand that. I really don't. The only reason reason I have for for being able to describe why they can get away with something like that is because there's nowhere else for them to go. If you like baseball and you live anywhere near the Pittsburgh area. That's it. You've only got one team. You have to go and watch them, even if they're rubbish, even if they they have haven't gotten into the playoffs for like twenty years or something. You you have to go and watch them because there's no other option. I think we can do better than that. Okay, uh, next question. Uh, last one on the big topic comes from at real number Juan who asks, with more clubs in lower divisions investing more, is it a good idea to expand the league to 20 teams? Interesting question, this. Uh, it's difficult. It's very difficult. I, th- I think that you make a good point about clubs in lower divisions investing more, and I think that shows that we're ready to have more promotion and relegation spots. And that would encourage even more investment, which would be fantastic. Expanding the league is very difficult because right now there's just no time in the schedule. It's not possible. Because of the league year system, even though that it's an 18-team league, we have a really packed schedule and we don't have time in Liga Mekis for any more games right now. So unless they change... Well, unless they kind of completely change the structure of Copa Mekis or even removed it to fit in more midweek games or unless they got rid of like the double Ligia system and changed that then which I don't think they're going to do because it's proved very successful in terms of drawing in fans then I don't think it's possible to get 20 teams so yeah right now I, I'd say no um and also, you could argue that let's keep some good teams in the Ascenso. If we want to boost the Ascenso, if we want the Ascenso to grow, then, yeah, let's get some stronger teams in the Ascenso. It's not bad to have some big names uh, um, in terms of clubs, some well-supported historic teams in the second division. When Dyra Moreno and, and Gabriel Alche left Tijuana in 
uh, at the end of the Apertura, I really thought that they would struggle a bit. Not massively. I thought they were still definite candidates for Ligia. But I never expected them to be doing as well as they're doing this season. One of the major reasons that they are doing this well is Ignacio Malcora. Now, Malcora came into the team at the start of the last uh, season in the Apertura. Played in a central midfield role where he provided, yeah, he provided a lot going forward. But I think Piojo quickly realised that he didn't have the defensive capabilities to play there. But he's a fantastic player. And the departures of Moreno and Alche has let him come into the side and thrive. He's playing kind of on the left-hand side of a midfield three where... He has more freedom uh, and more license to, to move forward and especially move into that left wing position where, when Avilez Hurtado comes inside searching for the ball. With uh, Joe Corona as well as Guido Rodriguez in behind him in central midfield to cover, he has much more license to go forward and cause problems and he has had a very good season. Perhaps his best game came on Friday in the 2-0 victory over Toluca. Malcora set up the first goal for Corona with a fabulous cross from the left-hand side and he wrapped up the game late on with a nice finish. In total, he completed 87% of his passes, three of which were defined as key passes by Sofa score. Uh, he w- was absolutely fantastic um, and yeah, he, he really showed... Once again, uh, how classy a player he is, how creative he can be. And like I said, he's a massive reason why Tijuana just haven't really missed the departures of of Alche and Dairo Moreno. Alongside, you know, as a supporting player for Hurtado, Malcorda's been fantastic and he makes Tijuana a real threat and they've got a great chance of winning a second uh, Ligia title. Okay, um, three questions to get through this week. Obviously, I've answered a few of, of the questions that came in already that were about promotion and relegation. But I've got three different ones uh, just about... Well, actually, first one is about promotion and relegation, but it's a little bit different. Uh, it comes from At Cycling and Soccer, who asks, whichever club comes up from the second division, do they have a chance to avoid relegation after only one year? Yes. Yes, they've got a fantastic chance, I think, because... I had a little look at the uh, Cocientes and you've got three teams that are losing massive points and are going to be on low points next season, although one of them may go down. So Veracruz, Chiapas and Atlas all lose massive points from the 14-15 season and will start in a very difficult situation, I think. Obviously, Veracruz or Chiapas may go down this season, but you're going to have at least two teams that are going to be struggling right from the get-go. Querétaro also uh, are, are in there. Puebla, um, if if they continue to be poor for the rest of this season, will be down there as well. We'll have quite a low cociente. It's still going to be difficult. They're still going to have to pick up probably more than one point a game unless 
you know, unless like a, a Chiapas or a Veracruz have an absolute nightmare season next year. But yeah, I think they've got a decent chance because of of the way the league's looking right now. They'll still be massive candidates to go down, but I think they've got a chance. Okay, um, next one from at a forte two three two, who asks, "Do you think?" Uh, yeah, two questions. Do you think Atlas hangs on to make Ligia, first of all? Yes, I do. I do think they will. I think they've they've got a decent lead now. There's only two points left. I think they're playing some good stuff. They're a kind of dark horse for Ligia. You know, they've they've not got the most spectacular team on paper, but they've got real threats down the wings with the the two fullbacks, Reyes and Madueña as well as the young wingers, uh, Alvarez and uh, Galenica, plus a, a couple of strikers who can score goals, especially Matias Chavo-Alustiza, who was uh, just an enormous signing for them, absolutely fantastic signing. Seven goals since joining Atlas in Liga Mekis is a great record. And yeah, he provides a, a real, real threat up front, a proven, consistent goal scorer. His partner, Baragan, is a good supporter as well and, and does chip in with, with goals too. So I think they will. And I think they could be a threat in the gear. The other question from Alejandro is how much credit do you give the Sorceress for Crucisil's win over Chivas? <laughs> in all seriousness, in all seriousness, the placebo effect is proven to, to have an impact. And I think that a lot of Crucisil's problems a mental <laughs> I, I really do because there is such a, a kind of negativity that's been built around the club and such you know this Cruz it, it, it's it's not just a joke it's something that that gets into your head you know if you're a player and you've suffered disappointments in the past and a, although they have brought in new players there's still a, a core of that squad They've been there for a few seasons now. If you haven't made Ligia in a while, if you keep throwing away points that you shouldn't be throwing away, then I think that's going to have an effect on you mentally. So, obviously, um, I'm sure a lot of players thought it was ridiculous and and didn't think anything of it. But sometimes uh, just some sort of placebo effect some sort of positivity in, in your mind that you didn't have before can have a big impact on you and your performance. And perhaps that's what happened on you know, on, on Saturday. Also, they won a penalty and they got a red card. So, yeah, there was a little bit of... Well, they didn't get a red card. Uh, Chivas got a red card. So there was a little bit of luck involved. Perhaps not the work of a sorceress, but a little bit of luck involved in that victory. Final question this week is from at White Chi, who asks Palencia in or out? Big, big question, massive question. Pumas had such a disappointing defeat against Veracruz on Sunday. Obviously, massive result for Veracruz in the relegation battle. Their first away victory since November 2015, and I think it was a, a massive blow. Absolutely enormous blow for 
the uh, for Pumas fans because they'd slipped up a, a bit recently, but I think they they saw the the run in where they were playing Veracruz, Morelia, and Puebla, and thought we can turn it round here and we can get into Ligia and get in in good form too. Home, they, their home form is normally so good and against Veracruz they just expected a victory and they didn't get it they came away with a 2-0 defeat obviously the Veron red card affected their performance and it was a, a massive blow and, and then Veracruz goal is one of the luckiest you'll ever see you know coming off a, the, the back of a Pumas defender's head after a clearance falling perfectly in the box for Leandro Velasquez it was a really really fluky goal just one of the most ridiculous you'll see all season if not the most ridiculous but still the Pumas performance was flat it was very very poor they didn't manage a shot on target all game that's unacceptable it really is Um, Pumas fans clearly aren't happy Clearly unhappy with with the recent performances and results, and many not happy with Palencia. Many think Palencia should go. So what do I think? Well, it's really tough to say. I, I think they have a good squad there, and I do think they've underachieved in the Clausura. But then again. This is certainly an argument that you've got to wait and see. There's still two games left this season. They are both winnable. Yes, they'll be without Veron and Castillo for the next game, which is away at Morelia. Won't be easy at all. Morelia needing a, a result to get them off the bottom of the table now after that Veracruz win. But it's still a winnable game. They then play Puebla at home. Very, very winnable. If they win those two games, they could still make Ligia. They could still win the league this season. And it would be a completely different story. So I'd say let's wait until the end of the season to make a full judgment. If they don't make Ligia, then perhaps he should go. Uh, I think he's he's had some good ideas. I really think that getting rid of Lalo Herrera was a great decision. And changing the way that Pumas played I think that was a yeah a really good decision because Herrera's lack of mobility didn't help their their attack and you know obviously Castillo has has been amazing I think he's been unfortunate particularly you think of of Castillo being injured you think of uh, Alcoba was injured for a while Barrera is now he's he's out for the season and he's a big big loss because Cortez is better through the middle I think he's he's better as a central midfielder and Barrera's trickery down the right hand side has caused oppositions a lot of problems recently he's done really really well since moving back to Pumas so he's a massive loss and yeah a, a lot of their disappointing results in the clausura I think stems from a lack of depth because they haven't been able to replace these players that have picked up injuries and suspensions now 
this is where Pumas fans kind of need to think what they want. Do they want success or do they want the club to stick to their principles of developing players for the cantera? Obviously, in an ideal world, you'd have both, but there's sacrifices you'd have to make. And Pumas clearly don't have great depth right now. That's evident. Why don't they have great depth? Well, since Palencia's come back in, there's been attempts to reinvigorate the cantera and start to once again be bringing players through the youth system. You're seeing more minutes for uh, youth graduates like Gallardo, uh, Van Rankin, Escamilla, and you're seeing them coming on, on the bench as well. You know, yeah, there's often the benches full of players from the cantera, um, like Haketh, the centre-back who's, who's filled in for Alcoba uh, and came on uh, when Verón was sent off on the weekend. Omar Islas was was on the bench as well. Um, he's a, he's another young player who's got a few minutes. The other Escamilla's been on the bench as well. So they've sacrificed having depth of proven players for trying to get more minutes to uh, players from the Cantera. And I think in the short term, this has harmed them. I think this has negatively impacted results this season. But it could be a boost in the long term. So, Pumas fans, yeah, they, you've got to think of your priorities and what you want. And if what you want is just success, then you're going to have to forgo some of the youth development. If you want the youth development, then you're going to have to forget some of the success. I'm not saying that you can't be successful. That's not what I'm saying at all, but there will be times where you have to chuck young players in at the deep end and they will not perform as well as established players. They will make mistakes. They will have bad games. They won't they generally won't be as consistent. But if you give them time and they develop, they could grow into much better players than the sorts of players that Pumas would be able to buy normally. So it's it's tough. It's very very tough. I think He's done some good things in terms of bringing back the Cantera as important to Pumas. But obviously this has come at somewhat of a price of success. The other thing I'd say in terms of his tactics is he has looked rather naive at times. The away performances have been really, really poor for a lot of the season and... I think the the killer was that defeat to, to Tigres because when they played Tigres in the uh, Ligia of the Apertura, they came at them, they attacked them, they, they you know tried to get on top of possession. They competed with Tigres for possession, which very few teams do. At home, thrilling game, two two draw. Away, taken apart, five nil defeat. Really, really, really embarrassing. And then they play Tigres away in the Clausura and he does the exact same thing. He goes at them, he opens up the game, he tries to battle over possession and they get picked off again. Tigres just had too much space, there were too many gaps in the defences. 
the Tigres attack is too good not to make the most of, of those gaps and those opportunities. That's exactly what they did. They won 4-0, despite having less shots. So the fact that he didn't learn from the first game and adapt how he played, I think that's a real negative mark about him and shows a level of naivety. So it's a tough decision, very tough decision for Pumas to make because he's a young manager who I think has got some good ideas and much like sometimes you have to take a risk on players in the Cantera and stick with them, they might be wise to do the same thing with Palencia. But if you want results in the short term, get him out. Get someone out. Probably you want to get someone else in who is probably going to want to bring in some more established, experienced players to increase the squad depth. Okay, um, yeah, that's it for this week's episode of the Colourful Care Podcast Extra. Hope you guys enjoyed and um, hope you guys are looking forward to the run-in. Two games left, the gear to be decided, relegation to be decided. It's going to be fantastic. It hasn't been the best league in the season, but we are guaranteed, if not tons of goals, we are guaranteed drama in these final weeks. Um, so, yeah, it's strap yourselves in time, guys. It's going to be going to be some thrilling stuff. I'll see you next week for another edition of the Colourful Kid Podcast Extra.